Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin is not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast on wearecavan.com. Um, we're here in Cavan Town on a Thursday morning, um, getting ready and just kind of digesting the news. I'm, I'm joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo Set. Matty McLean has stepped aside as Cavan um, senior football manager. I suppose, Paul, is it a surprise that he stepped down? Yeah, I'm surprised, Damien. I am. Um... I didn't think Matty would go, and especially not after the comments he made after the Tyrone game. So bear in mind, that's only 12 days ago, or 13 days ago, as we sit here. Uh, and he came out and said, it's up to me. Or, sorry, um, I want to, to stay on. I hope to give me another crack at it, and it's up to the powers of be. And he name-checked the chairman, Jerry Brady. Mm. Um, so a whisper did emerge last week that Matty might have been having a change of heart, but... You know, when one man comes out and says, "I want to stay, I want to stay," it's up to it's up to the the chairman, or it's up to the county board, and he meets the county board, and suddenly he's gone. Does that mean he was pushed? Well, yeah, that's that's the point. So, what what changed? You know, there there, there are rumours going about that there was maybe a, a bit of pressure applied about the backroom team, about about changes that needed to be made, not necessarily. Matty himself, but there, there, well, look at the rumours circulating. As I said, we don't know, but. So that that could have had an influence, or, yeah. or maybe it is true, maybe it isn't. Well, I have heard from a couple of sources that uh, that some of the players wanted wanted a change in the backroom team, um, and maybe Matty wasn't agreeable to that. Maybe that was a factor that swayed him. Maybe he got told some home truths in the meeting with the county board. Now I I have heard that the review meeting last year was was hot and heavy, and that that Matty uh, had his knuckle wrapped over things like. Uh, use of substitutes, for example, uh, first year senior intercounty management, uh, some rash substitutions in the mm-hmm. first half of games in the league, ran out of subs a couple of times, things like that, little things like that. Matty McLean presents a like. For, first of all, he's an absolute gentleman. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no, anyone that deals with him says that he's a, he's an absolute gentleman to his fingertips. So that's important to say. But we're talking strictly on, on football sense. I think he presents a very hail fellow, well met um, persona. But I I think that he has a thin skin at the back of it all. And I know that I know he has a thin skin at the back of it all. And maybe, maybe uh, he didn't like the way the meeting was going, and maybe that swayed him. Did he go into the meeting thinking I'm staying on? And and then at some stage the meeting said, you know what, I'm 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 not staying on. I want to quit. Did the board say, look, it's maybe time to go? Or maybe he heard some unpalatable truths. Or I would see a lot of them as truths. Some of these things that probably needed to be said in terms of maybe he picked up on the on the mood in the county. Now, I think that that. What did for Matty McLean, probably in the final analysis, was that he, he alienated an awful lot of supporters by uh, by that change in style in mid-championship. And we had a piece in the Anglo said last week where we ignore the Wicklow game because you're playing the worst team in Ireland according to the National League rankings. But if you take the down game and the Tyrone game as as the two games, I know it's a small sample. We scored less than we have been scoring. 
uh, and we conceded more and yet we had changed to this style of play that people don't like to watch and people don't like to play and you know people were sit were stick to their teeth because because Tyrone were there for taking that even is it and again it's rumors coming out but the rumors are that that system was dictated to by players not necessarily managers that 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 the basically the, the players some particular players took ownership of of the the almost the training sessions after the uh, after the Donegal game and and started to implement a different system so again i suppose that's that's a vital part of management is is being able to manage players but so is is he is he completely to blame if that is the case yeah he is because at the end of the day the manager is responsible the book stops with the manager and uh players can have a can have a say in these things mm. but Player's job is to play, a manager's job is to manage, and maybe that sounds like an ignorant old school approach. But I mean, what is a player's job? His job is to play the game, and the manager is there to prepare the team and manage them, and ideally manage them to win. Does does it come back to a, a belief within the, the manager, like as in a, a, a trust almost that you know? And it's it's a very volatile relationship, but players have to trust and believe that the manager knows what's best for them. And maybe if that scenario that I, I just presented did happen. Maybe it was that the players didn't fully trust what the management was presenting. Yeah, well, I, I thought his public utterances were were uh, weak, in terms of he he allowed himself to to appear contradictory a lot of the time. Right back from the start of his tenure, where he said things like, and he said a few times in interviews that, um, you know, if you get that jersey, you hold on to that jersey. You know, it's his own style of of. Uh, his idioms and the way he spoke, like, and he was like, "You, you get that jersey on that football field, and you hold on to that jersey." And uh, he said to me, "I look back the first interview I did with him, I had a great chat with him. I remember coming off the phone and texting someone and saying, Kevin are going to win Ulster this year.' I was so invigorated by the chat with, with him. And uh, so the fellow who I texted said, "You know, calm down, like, but, yeah, uh, you know." But he said to me in that very first interview, "We are going to go out to win every game we have. We can we play this year, and we're going to put our our very best team at all times." Kevin won the first game against against Tyrone. Tyrone. Massive and, uh, win. Then they played Donegal away. And in fairness, it was the Donegal on the 21s, but they won it. He went and played a shadow team in his third match and they lost it um, Jordan, to, to Jordan, Jordan, I think it know. was, in Breffney Park yes. on a Wednesday evening and didn't get through uh, in the McKenna Cup. Had the opportunity to knock out Tyrone of the of the McKenna Cup and, and basically dethrone the, the the dominance that they have and, and, and let it go. And I suppose that, that was... That was the first step that that went off centre with him was that he said in the interview post match that I'm going to do this. Lads that are playing well in that jersey, they hold on to the jersey, and then he didn't follow through on it. And that that was the first sign. That was the first for sign. Cav and supporters that hold on. Now he said this a couple of weeks ago, and now he's changed. And the second sign was this. So I've just dug up an interview that that Matty did with the Irish News when he first took the Cavan job. He said, uh, we will we'll not be turning and running away from the ball. The style that I approach with Scottstown will not change. I want forwards who want to score and tackle high up the pitch. Now, let's say Keevan O'Reilly. There's a forward who wants to score. There's a forward who scored a, who scored a goal on his championship debut against Donegal and got taken off the field. Never played a full match. Yeah, temporary the year before. Tenure. Absolutely brilliant. That was his championship debut, actually. He said... Oh, sorry, yeah, you're right. It's, it's also championship debut. Yeah. I, I don't like the idea of players turning and running down the field with their back to the ball to set up a defensive cordon. 
I want to stay up the field and play football. That's the game that I enjoy going to watch and coach, and that's the game I'm going to coach in Cavan. I want to play attacking football. Forwards are forwards, and they get the big money to score, and I'm telling them to stay up the football field and score. That's what the crowds want to see. In the Ulster club, people have enjoyed the attacking football. There has been a downturn in the crowds going to county games, and I think people want to see attacking football. That's the philosophy I'm going to go with, and I want people to enjoy coming to see Cavan play football. Fast forward 18 months, Damien, and Dave McIntyre, who's of Cavan stock, the commentator on Sky, I spoke to him and after this and, and he said to me that look I've been going to Cavan games since I was a kid and he says I've never seen such a poor turnout as was there for the Tyrone game and 18 months after Matty addressed this addressed that the fact that this defensive stuff turns people off and how he wasn't going to do it 18 months later Dave McIntyre was moved to say in his commentary Cavan supporters have stayed away in their thousands and I think yeah. I think that as much as anything that is is, is probably the sword on which Matty fell is there is there part of this maybe I say blame and it's probably the wrong word but that, that has to fall to county board look look at the start of his tenure he was going into a job that he had no experience of as in county senior football experience so he was managing at club level he didn't know the opposition he didn't know anything about you know what, what the the level was going to be like on top of that he didn't know anything about the players because he wasn't given the opportunity to to see them in their own club championship. So he had to run trials. He had to go in completely blindfolded, essentially. Was the late appointment basically a good start as half the battle? Is a bad start half half the loss of a also, battle? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And what also hindered him was uh, it dragged on so long that fellas, were, fellas weren't put on the spot to commit. So it, at the time when, when Matty Medina came in, we had our full panel. At the end of that championship, our last match on the Terry Highland was the qualifier loss to Derry. And every player, more or less, that should have been on the county panel was on it that year. And um, so they should have been coming back the following year. But there was such a delay in appointing the manager that these fellas were allowed to say, you know what, I'm not going to come back in. And I'm not saying mm. allowed, obviously it's their own free will. But you need But time that. away from the system. Time away from the bubble of county senior football. Yeah, enjoying yourself. Maybe yeah. maybe gave them a sniff that, you know what, maybe maybe I don't want to be part of this anymore. And that 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 I think did tie one hand behind his back for the start and, and maybe he came in with all these ideas that this is how I want to play, but then the reality kicked in that well I can't play like that if I go out that way. So it's it, it, it's an incredibly difficult thing that there's lessons in the appointment of of Matty, and, and I'm talking more about the timeline and the timing of it, that have to be learned and, and by the county board and have to be improved upon for disappointment. Yeah, yeah, and I think they will. Like, you know, I think that they were probably surprised at the lack of interest there was in the job last year. Like, last year, like, it's my information that Cavan approached Matty Medlina. Yeah. So, uh, like, it got to the stage where there were so few candidates applied for the job or, or expressed an interest in the job that Cavan had to go out hunting themselves and ended up giving the job to Matty Medlina. Uh, and it was between him and, and Devante McEnany. So um, I remember I spoke to Devante that time and, and uh, you know, he was saying it's, it was down to the last two. And, uh, mm. you know, yeah. in hindsight, I th- in hindsight, Devante might, might have done a better job. But, like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to dance on the grave of Matty Medlina, as, as I said, but we have to look at detached and the, and the cold hard light of day, like... Okay, uh, well, is he bringing the team forward? But no. let's 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 look at it then. Let's let's analyze. Was his two years over Cavan Senior? Can can you make the argument that it was success? And I'll I'll make the argument. When's the last manager that Cavan have had that we beat Mayo, that we beat Tyrone, 
that we drew at Kerry, that we drew at Monaghan, and that we got a promotion. Yeah, true. That's that, that's true. Well, I, I'm going to dismiss the Tyrone win because it was McKenna Cup and it was his first game and it was, it was still about. It was still the first Tyrone victory in how long? You, you're better years than me, but it's the first Tyrone victory since the McKenna Cup final in, in 2000. But but uh, you have to so say 16 years. Yeah, but how much of that goes down to Manny McLean? Like he didn't even know the players. He was only in the door. It was his first match. It was a home match. There was got, always going to be a bounce. He got he got the win. He got, he got, the, he got win. the win. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not. I'm I'm. I'm I'm not going to say that we should judge a manager by the McKenna Cup. I think Terry Highland yeah. got to a couple of McKenna Cup finals, which is more than my idea. But okay, the, the win over Mayo was a great win. Yeah. That was a great could, win. Could, could that be considered Cavan's biggest win in the last 15 years? Yeah, the fact just, it was Division 1. Yeah, no, I'm racking my brains to think of a better one. Well, we haven't beaten a Division 1 team in league or championship otherwise because we weren't in Division 1 in yeah. the league and we didn't beat one in championship. So that was a great win, no doubt. Unfortunately... Um, it was sandwiched between a couple of hidings from the likes of Donegal and Tyrone in that league. And, um, you know, the, the last round of that league was a real bad one. The first common defeat because that's Cavan right. were playing for their lives. And it, well, as it turned out, the result elsewhere went, went against them anyway. But that didn't matter if Cavan, Cavan didn't know that. Cavan yeah. were, were playing for their lives that day. Did the league that year not finish with a, a Mayo victory, a draw with Kerry, and a loss to Roscommon? Was that not the last three games? It did, yeah, it, it did. did. Like it, so, it, like I remember saying that to you at the time, Damien. If they had a beat North Common, doesn't matter even if they went yes. down. But a beat North Common, you were coming in and you you could make the case and say, right, they were improving. Matty has found his feet. Look at the way the thing has improved. So we started off with, with losing to, to Dublin, and uh, we lost to, to we drew with Monaghan, lost to Tyrone Don, and Donegal. Donegal heavy was that was the, the, the worst Donegal defeat, defeat of was all. a bad one. Yeah. Like like Tyrone played brilliant in the first half. Yeah, um, we were well beaten in the second half, and then we got the. the the great win over Mayo, which I which I didn't see coming, and then a good draw against Kerry, and then a very sloppy defeat down at Common. and mm. it, that was when the, the doubt started to kick in. Say, hold on, this is what's the apart from Championship, what's the closest thing there is to Championship? The closest thing, in my opinion, to Championship, outside of the Championship, is a final yeah, round trying. league match with with something riding on it, be that promotion or relegation. Yes. So yeah. that was a that was Matty's real big e- test, even more so than a league final. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, it's more important. That it, is more important. it is more promotion relegation is more important. Yeah, you're right, and that and and that asset test was was failed. But I still I still don't think. And and the funny thing is that I I think your point earlier on about his comments. I think his comments where he'd say one thing and maybe then it, within a period of time do completely the opposite or do different. I think that that's going to that that led to a negative sort of feeling about the county with him and therefore he wasn't being judged just completely on his results because if you look at if you look at the results some some of them you have to say like promotion this year with the league, panel, league results league results championship results are we talk about league results first yeah well okay but yeah well league league results i i'd have to say his two years as a league manager were very successful were sorry were successful i'd say i'd put and and had he beaten Ross Common even if we got relegated last year, I would say we're very successful for the simple reason that none of us thought we were going to get promoted this year, and he got the promotion. I agree. I agree. We we got promotion, but um, you know, as I wrote this week, football results are like wine; they can they can age well or they, they can get rotten very quick. In hindsight, you look at the the uh, that national league this year. Okay, we had to get out of it, and when the Gummers put the Cavan's heads against Tip, they did. But things fell away that the Tip or, Tip lost the man. 
near the end and you have to say that was a very weak division too and I we said it at the time we said it at the time like you look at Cork they subsequently turned out to be brutal they were an absolute shambles down or no better Loud were one, Loud were division 4 level were absolute shambles hammered by division 4 team Leitrim um, Mead toothless Mead suffered their worst championship in 10 years first time they've been knocked out in the round 1 qualifier mm. in 10 years um, and Tipperary themselves took two hidings yeah and Roscommon even stumbled at the start and managed to gain their promotion yeah so Roscommon maybe they've made the Super 8s but all they've beaten is Leitrim and uh, Armagh that's all they've beaten like to get the Super 8s which so it was a it was a brutal division too but it still had to be won and you have to give them credit for winning it um, while bringing while missing so many players but okay we talked about this on, on the match day podcast coming home from the game and you were you were playing devil's advocate that day about you know the player, the new players he brought in and all that. And I was making the point that yeah, but I listed out all like the twelve, thirteen most important players are still the players that he inherited. How many players did he bring in that weren't there in Terry Highland's tenure that really made it? That made a difference. The one that comes to mind, and and he didn't, in my opinion, give him a fair run was Quivian. Yeah, well, I I, I think. Kevin O'Reilly was was coming out of under twenty one football, a fully formed senior footballer, ready to go, with the physique and everything else, and full of confidence, and just the man we needed, that could win ball, bring energy to the full forward line, could score goals. Yeah. Like if Terry Highland had Kevin O'Reilly, um, we'd have won an Ulster title. I've no doubt because that was what we were missing. But but um, what that was the one that he that he brought through, and I mean he ruined them this year. He he wouldn't let him play a full game. Like he, the man never mm. played a full seventy minutes under under McLean. and like that's yeah. so. What what player? Okay, he got us promoted. He got everyone saying he got us promoted, missing all these players. But he still got us promoted with the players that he inherited. Who 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 did he bring into the to the panel that wasn't there? Well, sure, he brought in lot. Yeah, lot, I know, but sorry, amount. yes, but that actually made it. That actually, who did he unearth that brought that came in and you could say. There's a good, there's a really good player, like a top class player. Connor Bradley, maybe. Connor Bradley, yeah. Connor Bradley, definitely showed showed a lot, yeah. Um, yeah. Look Sean McCormick kind of did did quite well too at times, like. But I, I don't think he unearthed any quality, and the, the and a huge thing that went against him was. No, hold could, on a second. One right, okay, and it may it may be I'm 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 clutching here, but he. Was the one who brought Darren McVitie to the full forward. Oh yeah, sorry. We have to give him credit for that. Yeah. And we all hailed that as a brilliant move at the yeah, time. Yeah, brilliant. That was a brilliant move. That was a, a fantastic move. I, I never saw that coming. I never saw Darren playing no. in there. And like, that that was a great move. Absolutely give him credit for that. But he didn't unearth any quality in the county. And for some reason or other, he wasn't able to attract the best players that aren't out there. I'm not saying the best players. I, I, I think mo- most of the best players, or an awful lot of the best players are there. But... There's an awful lot of very very good players that aren't on the panel at the minute. You take yeah. Niall, you take Niall McDermott, like Niall McDermott's on the team since 2011 or so when he was under 21. He was an outstanding under 21 player, absolutely outstanding club player. McDermott's for 28 now. Brilliant free taker, brilliant ball winner, brilliant man to win a free. Gets the ball, brings into contact. He's got a knack for winning frees and has never let Calvin down over the years. Someone said to me. Um, Ah yeah, but but Niall McDermott never got up to the pace of county football. Rubbish. Niall McDermott, he Niall McDermott's not Kieran Kilkenny. I'm sure he'd say that himself, and he's not he's not Michael Murphy. But can you tell me Niall McDermott wouldn't improve that Calvin panel? And he's just one. And there's lots of players that you could say would definitely improve that Calvin panel. Mm, I'd have to agree. So the big question then, seeing that the 
the post-mortem has been done on on Matty and his tenure, who next? Who who does Cavan go out and get that is going to make sure that it ticks the boxes of getting all the best players playing for Cavan? Do they have to go outside or is there somebody within the county that's capable of doing that? Well, the, the name that has been mentioned to me, I've spoke, like yourself, on the phone flat out and texting us. Wasn't last night, but the, <laughs> the head was spinning with it. This is, like this is a huge event in our lives. Dave. Yeah, yeah. If you're covering Gaelic football in Cavan, for you know, um, my wife said to me last night, oh, "What's the big deal?" <laughs> I was like, it is the biggest deal. <laughs> it couldn't get any bigger. I said there hasn't been. It's only happened twenty times in history that a, a Cavan manager stepped down. So, um, it's a big deal. I, of all the people I've ta- talked to, a name that keeps coming up is Jason O'Reilly, and like. Yeah, he's 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 tried and trusted I suppose at club level in that he won an intermediate medal with, with Lacken and he he has won a senior championship with the Gales. In actual fact, and you correct me if I'm wrong, he hasn't lost a match in Cavan with Cavan Gales. No. Like no. that's that's a fairly phenomenal record there. The only I think the only dint is a draw. He's one draw. Oh, I know he's a couple of draws. Has yeah, he a couple yeah. of draws? He's drew co- Garen in the league this year and the Drew Cut Hill in the championship last year. That's right. There's a couple of draws in it, but But un- undefeated. Now that is a phenomenal record in fairness. And I suppose going back to what he what he done even with Calvin Gales, which I, I, I think was his wise move, he brought the good he brought the right people around him to make sure that everybody was going to play for Calvin Gales. So that was a very shrewd move by him and yeah. I think that while you look at Cavan Gales, they're not overcomplicated with a system, but they're good, good footballers, you know, and, and he hasn't he hasn't lined up any defensive structures. Even going out against Slock Neil in the in the Ulster final last year, it wasn't right, okay boys, we'll we have to retreat here or we have to they went out and they went for it, yeah. you know, and, and, tell you what, and they gained a huge amount of credit for it. They're mean as well. Yeah. The Gales are a mean outfit, like like I, I say this as a compliment to them. They're they're, they're a dirty outfit, like, and yeah. like that's an absolute compliment because you you know you got nothing handy against Calvin Gales at the moment. No, no, and, and and he's definitely changed that. Now, the 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 only question mark that that has been put to me about Jason this morning is the county senior experience. You know, he could do it maybe some time being a selector or being the coach or mm. something like that. But listen. But what county senior experience had Matty Medlinan going into the job? So, you know, is is a is an inexperienced manager from outside the county should definitely not be coming in ahead of an inexperienced manager within the county. I, that's, that that'd be my point on. Yeah, that. I agree. Um, I think Jason is going to be among the front runners. I think um, there's going to be a lot of talk about Peter Riley. There's a lot of Rileys in for this job. There's going to be a lot of talk about Peter Riley. That's right. Um, he has he has knowledge of the players. He yeah. is. He's won the intermediate with Arva as a manager. He's won obviously the under twenty ones with a lot of these players. He has as a player. Uh, everyone knows he's a he's an absolute staunch Cavan man. Oh yeah, like yeah, he steps away as Cavan under twenty one manager and then goes in <coughs> onto the the management committee to to help try and steer things as well. So there's, there'd be no question about his desire for Cavan. It's just whether he would go for it. I know the last time it was up. He was he was on the interviewing committee because he had he had taken his hat out of the ring that he didn't want to go for it. But he's he's definitely another name. And the third name again from the forward line or from the the ninety seven era is Mickey Graham. And Mickey Graham's pedigree with with Mullinyocht and what he's after achieving there with a very small club, albeit exceptionally talented players. But he's after winning two senior championships in Longford, possibly 
and, and I say this as a compliment, should have won a Leinster club championship with them. Yeah, I, I think Mickey Graham has got to be on the shortlist, without a doubt. Yeah. Like, like, I was talking to, to some Ballyhays lads a few weeks ago, and they were saying, get him, get McLean out and get Graham in. They Even though they didn't win the championship under Graham, they hold him in the highest regard out there as a coach and uh, as a man manager as well. I mean, what he's done with Mullen Yachta, uh, and I, I know that um, I'd say Longford would take the hand off him. Off well, yeah, that's that's the other thing is is Longford are still waiting on Ward and Nocton whether he's staying or going, and I know that. Connaughton, yeah. Oh, sorry, Connaughton. And if he uh, if he goes, Mickey's the first name on the list, I think, for Longford County Board. From what I'm hearing, but outside of the county. Well, no, I think I think before we move on. Sorry, I, I think on, there's uh, still more. There's more. I think um, Finbar O'Reilly's going to be close. I I I really think that he's a he's a manager I hold in the highest regard. I think that he's extremely diligent. Um, knows the game inside out and passionate to the last passionate, very, extremely passionate and will put his heart and soul into it and the, you know he's he's a man that that really 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 hurts when his team loses yeah. and you know that's another thing that, that we didn't see from Matty like like I know that, that Finbar Finbar really puts his heart and soul into when he's involved with the team and he's another man it's it's a step up it is you know, from a Crory level and senior club level with lacking, uh, and then again he had he had um, a job as a selector there, and I know he was popular with the players. Maybe Fimber will throw his hand in the ring. Yeah, definitely. Three Rileys there, and a wouldn't Graham. wouldn't the uh, wouldn't a wonderful management team be a combination? You know, and and it's just hard to hard to figure out how you'd put the personalities together, but a combination of those four men would give you a serious serious management team. And I, I and I'm thinking practical terms here. Jason has his his qualifications his strength and conditioning Fimber as a coach is, is second to none in the country in my opinion Peter has the knowledge of the players the experience of it Mickey Graham nobody can question his shrewdness as a manager ability to manage players as well combination of that it would be absolutely brilliant on paper yeah on if paper it, if, it were, if it, they worked well together you'd have to say it would be um, outside the county I've seen people uh, some people tweeted me saying Tony McEntee Mm. Um, it's available maybe um, James Horn's name will be mentioned again now I, I contacted James Horn uh, for a story for the paper the, la- the last time when they were looking for a manager um, I called him and, and they rang out and I texted him and explained what it was about and James rang me back straight away now he rang me back and he more or less ruled himself out of it but what way did he, he rule himself ba- he said he, I think he's based in Ballina and Ballina has a good spin like you're out in the peninsula there and I, I think that uh, he kind of said about what with work and stuff we have with his base I, I, I'm pretty sure that, that that's accurate um, recall of the conversation but the word the warden was it would be extremely difficult yeah I think, I think if I'm think, right yeah I think it was which, but, which, but even which for me which for me is he didn't say no I and and, and th- that was the point that I read on that now and I don't know what way any further conversations happened with if Cavan County Board went to him I, I think that they did but it would be extremely difficult isn't a no for me it's it's can you find a way to make this a yes and and that's that's the one little jar that that I'd yeah. have said you imagine James Horn comes in as Cavan manager what Cavan player what person within the county won't make himself available for James Horn yeah they're not a sinner and surely if you're looking at what we want from the next Cavan manager that's the number one box everybody wants to play for Cavan and actually just to highlight that, Jim McGuinness was speaking on Sky Sports at the weekend 
and he was making a, a similar point. So we'll just play that bit of audio. But how big is an impact is it for Cavan having to play their home games away? I don't think so. I think actually the point I was going to make with Cavan is uh, the big question for me is why have they not been able to get their players through to senior level? If you think about all the teams that have done that, uh, Donegal have done that, Tyrone have done that, Ross Common have won a provincial championship, they're in the final, uh, Dublin, Kerry now are getting their teams through, they won a provincial championships. Cavan won four provincial under-21 championships in a row uh, and and still haven't managed to make that, that breakthrough within the province. So uh, there's something missing in Cavan for me and I, I, I just can't put my finger on it. Um, that level of talent coming through consistently, you know, the whole body of that team now should be 23, 24, 25, 26 I think there was an article in the paper during the week, something like 76 players, and out of the 76 players, only 10 are now part of the panel, that, you know, at, at the moment. So, Why you know, you? I, I don't you know, Brian. Finger, but some suggestions. Well, I've seen them against Donegal, and just they don't have the heart. I know that Donegal scored 1-9, Cavan got a goal somewhere in between that, but 1-9 on the bounce, basically, uh, Donegal scored. Now, how you allow, you know, to go two points or three points, in a championship game without somebody reacting to that, somebody actually saying this has to stop, you know, putting in a tackle, breaking a tackle, getting a score on the board some way or another, but to concede one nine, just just almost accepting it. And it was at times it felt like a But after saying that Jim Donegal have went on to prove how good they are. Cavan were up again a very good side. If you had seen them last week, you'd mm-hmm. seen plenty of evidence of heart and, and hunger and desire because they shouldn't have been winning that game against Down. Yeah but yet yet they did dig deep but they fought it out fought literally yeah. to, to stay in the in, in the game when they came away with the good so but, but down but down are not to road with all respect and I think there is a psychological barrier with Cavan. You know, and Donegal are not down either and Cavan have to they have to take a big gun down and that hasn't happened and with all the players we're speaking about they're yo-yoing between Division 1 and Division 2 when they should be you know, really pushing in Division 1 consistently and beating the likes of Tyrone and we're all in this room tonight and there's an expectation that Tyrone will won by 6 or 7 points and now if, if, if that expectation is in the room it's coming from somewhere and I think it's just time for them to stand up and be men Brady's Arva Limited main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family owned and family run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Yeah, so it's still the number one box. Get everybody playing. Get everybody playing. And it's very interesting that that Jim McGuinness is the man who made those comments because I'll explain that in a second because I I wrote about it this week. But uh, I wrote again this week that we need to take inspiration from Monaghan who are an example of what can be achieved by a county of, of of our size, roughly around the same size and coming out of Ulster as well, such a tough province. You know, they are the closest um, in every sense to mm-hmm. what Cavan are. And uh, how Monaghan do it is they hold other players together. We don't have McManus, but we have everything else that they have. I firmly believe that in the county. Potentially. If they were in there and, and training and applying themselves, I think we have everyone they have. Um, and maybe I'm getting carried away, but Quivin O'Reilly, for me, has the potential to be a McManus. Maybe he has. Maybe he has. Has the potential. But if he could get playing. Yeah, yeah. Um I, I think that, that how they do it is they hold other players together. And it's, when you look at it, right, it's interesting because it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. 
if a fella, you know, how, why do they hold their players together? And the reason is that they believe they might win something. And you'll hear a hundred different excuses from Cavan players about why they're not playing. It's work and it's college and it's relationships and travel and everything else, injuries. But if they if they really felt they'd win something, they'd find a way to make themselves available. Now, if as I wrote this week, if Jim McGuinness came in as Cavan manager, do you think these lads would somehow find that their work situation was clear enough? Because they'd have a chance of yeah. winning something. But it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in that you don't think you win something so you don't commit. You uh, don't commit, you're having a chance of winning something. You don't commit, the team The team won't win because the team yeah. is weakened. Whereas if you do commit, so so your actions are justified then. You're vin- uh, you're, yeah. you, were, yeah. you, made, you took the right course of action. But you can turn a vicious circle into a virtuous circle by just getting the right man for the job. So the, the main man for the job needs to be someone who will attract these people in. So to, to go back to McGuinness, he was contacted. He was contacted by a Cavan football man who told me about it a couple of weeks ago. He, he, he did it off his own bat. Okay. But he's a, he's a man who's who's relatively influential in Cavan football, not involved with the county board, I should say, and it wasn't under instruction from the board, but it was a ceremonial process. And uh, he contacted McGuinness and he put it to him. And McGuinness said that he would be very excited by the challenge of that, but he said that, and he listed out 10 players who should be on the Cavan team, um, but aren't. So McGuinness right. has got his finger on the pulse, but he, he said uh, that he's got other avenues to pursue at home and abroad. So reading between the lines, probably the soccer. Yeah. And he's linked with Galway United now. But, you know, like McGuinness would be the dream for me. But uh, I, yeah. I think we need someone of that status. Yeah, it has to it has to be. Now, for me, if I was giving McGuinness or James Horn, I'd actually take James Horn over him personally. I, I just... I, I love everything when I watch Sky Sports I love the way James Horn talks about everything and, and I think he's got an unbelievable knowledge and a likability factor that I think is even above Jim McGuinness and I just I think he'd be ideal but the most important thing and, and like while I wonder in the last process where Cav and County Board kind of expecting that people will be coming out and putting their hands up I don't think that happens at County Senior level I think what happens is you go to people you, you try and sell your product, sell what you want them to do, and then you have a chance of them actually doing it, rather than hoping that they come to you. I don't think anybody's going to come and say, well, yeah, look, I'm very interested in doing this Cavan job, you know. It's not it's not one of those roles, because you don't you don't put it out there, I'm very interested in the Cavan job, and then you don't get it, you and all of a sudden it. it looks bad, and, mm-hmm. and you're knocked in confidence. So you've got to go and headhunt these people. The other thing that I would say, and I know his name was mentioned earlier on, in, in the previous process I still wouldn't rule out Banty from this you you tick those boxes Banty talks every time he talks he talks about every county if they're missing two or three players he'll say you know they're, they're handicapped here they need every single player you talk to the under 17s for Monaghan or county senior players when when Banty was over them He's a player's manager. He he will move mountains for players. Like he's he's so so into making sure the players are happy that everybody will want to play for them. They'll be the best looked after team in the country if Banty takes them over. You know, I I'd go back to Banty. I'd I'd be looking at that maybe one more time. I'm saying as an option, not not that it's a guarantee. Go and give him the job, but I think. And I, I, don't get me wrong. I I I'm not down on on Midlinen, but I think. That it was the when they had two options, I think Banty was probably the better option for the simple reason he had the experience of intercounties football, which was a little bit more than Matty had coming into it. You know, I think Matty was a gamble. Banty w- would have been a sure bet. I personally think, but it's, yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. Now, um, 
the the only thing with Batty, like I thought he was a brilliant manager for Monaghan, absolutely brilliant. But the only thing was it, it didn't go very well for him in Mead, or didn't go brilliant in Wexford. He got the Mayor Division Four, but didn't go brilliantly. And I, I wonder can can Seamus replicate that real passion he has for Monaghan in another county, like his organisational ability and his ability to relate to players and all that. Um, is second to none. But yeah. I wonder can he can he replicate that? But maybe if he's ever going to replicate it anywhere, it's Cavan because he's on the border with Cavan. He knows Cavan inside out. And maybe he's the sort of man we need. It's yeah. Either way, it's so crucial though we get the right man. It's going to be such a, a vital few weeks in the future of Cavan. The other, the last point is that the next appointment of the Cavan manager is is so so crucial for the simple reason we're coming to the end of, well not to the end but definitely to the very very crucial part of those four under twenty one winning teams. They're ranging between the ages of twenty nine and 24, 25 now at the minute. So the next manager, if he's there for two years, will essentially see some of them players go up to 31, 32 years of age, you know, which is coming towards the end of their career. So this is vital. This this uh, has to be the right appointment. Absolutely. Well, if this is a wrong appointment, forget about the four under 21. Yes. And they were worthless. Well, not worthless, but they were... And, but the under 21 football is a means to an end. Yeah. And and the end is not going to arrive if we don't get the right man for this job. That's it. We'll have squandered it, and uh, that that'll be really sad. But uh, you know, just just to make a point about the the whole future is blue thing. I was thinking about it earlier on. I was thinking like, how do we get to this point where here we are now after seven years, Damien, after winning that that night in the rain and then a skilling, one of the greatest nights as a cabin follower. How do we get to this point where we've no manager and we're thinking we're we're looking at the team and we say we've made no progress in the championship in the last couple of years and I, I think the start of it and it was well intentioned was that whole future is blue thing it was a great idea and it, 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 it captured the imagination at the time but what it did was it helped embed this notion that the good times are coming we, we just have need to sit time. tight yeah we need to sit tight the good times are coming they're just around the corner they're just around the corner but you know you don't have that county players what I wrote this week county players don't have don't have time like Time is the one thing they don't have. Um, you know, as I, I said this week, the dogs on the street know that Cavan are operating with a shadow panel at the moment, with a spine of top quality players and a whole lot of rookies who are learning as they go. Learning takes time, which means that achieving success will take just as long. Time is something footballers don't have much of anymore. If they were to put their lives on hold for the game, they need to be able to see the glimmer, if not the full-on glow of light reflecting from a trophy in the not-too-distant future. Hmm. Players need to be able. To, if players are going to commit. They need to be able to see. Forget about the future is blue. They need to see the present being blue, and they need to say, right, if I give this one year or two years tops, I'll get my reward. I'll get my medal, and that'll be it. And if if, if you're going to bring in a man who can't attract other players back, forget about it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, look, good good discussion, Paul. I'm sure it'll uh, it'll continue in the coming weeks, but. Um, just we want to finish off wish, wishing the Cavan ladies the very best of luck. They're taking on Mayo. More controversy over there, of course, but it's uh, in Clonus at two fifteen. So get down the road. A very short trip. Support the the Cavan ladies. The only team wearing blue that's continuing or that's still in the championship. So a win against Mayo would put them into the quarterfinals more than likely. Ninety percent sure anyway. So hopefully they can pick up a win there. Thanks for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Don't forget to get in contact with us on Facebook, on Twitter, or follow us in on Instagram. Actually, we might do a podcast next week talking about some of the crack that was going on on our Instagram channel this week. It was uh, it was top quality banter. Kieran Callahan Electrical, shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.com.
www.cmsfinancial.ie or phone 049 43 30